Episode 11, welcome again. I'm glad you're here. How are you liking the podcast so far? I would love to hear feedback from you, questions, concerns, prayer requests, anything you have on your mind. Send me a DM or an email. You can find the info in the show notes. Hopefully you listened to Rashawn Copeland last week. He is such an amazing man of God, has such a great heart for people. We talked about how he chooses joy and about some of the struggles that we have sometimes in witnessing to the lost and the homeless. So make sure you check that out. And now Grayson Bearden is back with me. We're going to have a longer conversation that starts right now. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. All right, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to have back with me for a little longer chat today, Grayson Bearden. Hopefully you caught our first episode on our launch day. And he is back and we're going to talk more today about a bunch of different things. So first of all, welcome back to the show, Grayson. What's up, Tim? Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad we get a longer time today. We had a great first talk and um, just give everyone a quick uh, update on just who you are and your ministry and and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, as you said, my name's Grayson. Uh, Some of you may know me from just the different avenues of social media. Uh, Me and my fiance, Jeslyn, uh, we do uh, online ministry. We kind of like to think of ourselves as digital missionaries. Um, We do a lot of ministry on TikTok, uh, just helping bring some joy and love uh, and scripture to a very dark platform that's influencing our culture in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, stuff like that. Uh, we just love having a reach around the world to uh, bring the kingdom together and just build the kingdom together because that's what we feel we're called to do to fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, but not only do we do social stuff, we do uh, stuff here in our community as well. We believe full heartedly in the local church and building the community. Um, we uh, are pastors on staff at Journey Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, under my parents who are. Uh, not just amazing parents, but amazing leaders and pastors. Um, We serve our youth ministry. We serve on the worship team uh, and just do anything we can just to have a reach here in our city. So it's a, it's a blessing and an honor and it's so humbling to be able to do it, man. Wow. That's so good. And I think that anyone that sees you online or or you and your fiance together, just see the, your heart and and your passion for what you do. And it's, it's, um, it's engaging. And I think that's one of the reasons why you have such an awesome following is people just connect with you and um, they see your heart for God more than anything. So thank you for being that light in multiple ways. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. So let's get into some really deep questions. How about that? Let's go. Let's get to know the man behind (laughs) Grayson Bearden. Come so on. what is your favorite movie of all time? That, that's such a hard question. I mean, that's like asking your favorite color. It changes on the day. <laughs> uh, favorite movie. Uh, see, I was thinking about this and I still couldn't, I still couldn't decide. So we, we recently just watched Hamilton. It came okay. out on, uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah. And I've been listening to that soundtrack for like several years now. I, I'm a, I love musical theater. I, I've dabbled a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I, scroll back on my Instagram, you'll find a moment where I played Lumiere in a, a local production of Beauty. No and way. Here in my city. Oh my gosh. Don't, don't go look for it, please. Oh, I have um, to now. <laughs> uh, but I, I, we love uh, musicals. So uh, we've been watching Hamilton, man. It's a, it's a good one. It's a fun time. Awesome. History too. I love history. It's, it's a great, I, I think any, any Bible believer or teacher should really enjoy some history. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. What about if you could meet anybody alive or dead besides Jesus, of course, who would it be? Besides Jesus, man, I think it would have to be the late and great Robbie Zacharias. Mm. Great man of God, great apologist. His teachings, his books have just really impacted my life. Um, so I think definitely Robbie. I, I would have loved the opportunity to meet him while he was alive. I've, I've had the privilege to hear him a couple times in person, uh, but never had to have a conversation. So that'd be a, that'd be definitely one of them for sure. Wow, such a good answer. Yeah, I want to go back and listen to some of his sermons and stuff because yeah. I wasn't as involved in in his ministry, and so yeah. the little clips I've heard or things here and there are just so powerful. And and the yeah. way he gives truth with grace mm. and you know a mind that can just go through the deepest questions, but at the same time always point back to God was just so good. So that's a great one. All right. What about a favorite author besides him? Anybody else? Man, that was going to be my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that works too. Yeah. I I think um, there's tons of great like leadership stuff. And I think as, as Christian people, you hear so many people like give leadership answers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I, you know, I'm not really too into that, like the self-help world and stuff like that. Um, there, there's a, there's a book that I read called night by uh, a man named Ellie Wiesel that I read in like sixth grade. And that book really impacted me just learning about the Holocaust from his perspective. Oh, wow. Um, and just the way he wrote, uh, it really impacted me as a young person. So I, I, I might throw that one in there. I think I would encourage anyone who wants to learn about, um, indifference, uh, mm-hmm. and the struggles that we as humans have faced throughout the centuries. Uh, it may be a very good enlightening book for someone to read aside that's from the Bible, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and that's great. Like you said, history, you know, learning about our history, yeah. both recent and long history, it just helps us grow yeah. as a, as a, as humans, you know, to not repeat the mistakes and to, to learn from our past. And that's part of discernment is, learning from the mistakes of the past so we don't repeat them. That's kind of what I, when I wrote the book is everyday discernment is, you know, why do we keep making the same mistakes as, as people, you know, and, and some of that is our sin nature, obviously, Mm -hmm. but if we're searching for truth and if we want to make better decisions, the knowledge is out there. I mean, most of it's in the Bible, but you know, whether a quickening of the Holy spirit or godly relationships that speak wisdom to us, I mean, all those ways are how we can just keep from making poor decisions because a lot of times, you know, you bring someone to Christ and you know, they receive him and then you're like, all right, have a good life, you know, instead of like, okay, you're going to make thousands of decisions even daily you know, how do you do that now with a new perspective on who Jesus is, what the Bible says, and how do you keep from making decisions that will ultimately hurt you? So, yeah, that's so true. So good. Wow. Cool. So you might've heard of an app called TikTok. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk about your history with TikTok and what your experience has been on there. Yeah. So I actually have had the, the privilege of being able to be on the app um, for, for about, two years now, nearly, um, I think. I don't know if my, I'm not great at math or calculating things, um, <laughs> but it, it's, it kind of feels like it's been about two years, really before the app blew up here in the States. Um, I was able to be on there. I had a Musical.ly account uh, yeah. when it was Musical.ly, but I deleted it because I just really wasn't vibing with the whole Musical.ly thing. Um, but I downloaded TikTok and just really enjoyed being on a platform that I didn't have to participate in. Mm-hmm. I could just watch these funny videos. Uh, but me being the person I am, that didn't last very long. Uh, it really reminded me of Vine. Uh, and I, I yeah. love Vine. That's my humor. Those quick little videos, like that kind of humor I love yeah. so much. Uh, and TikTok really kind of carried that same theme. 
Um, so I was kind of able to bring this personality of my life into this platform uh, just to be funny, cut up, but really have those moments of being serious and sharing truth and sharing the gospel. So I started making videos, just singing videos, sitting at my piano and TikTok at the time, you could only have a thousand followers before you go live. So when I got about a thousand, I started going live and just sitting at my piano, playing some worship songs, kind of uh, singing prophetically and just speaking over people's lives, praying over them. And um, that just kind of began to grow very slowly. Uh, people would come in and then the next night it'd be a couple more people. And before you know it, there were several hundred people watching. And I said, would y'all want to do a weekly service where we just have this thing called TikTok church? So we started doing that every Thursday night at seven central. uh, And it just grew and grew. And uh, our Christian community was such a small group of creators, just a few of us that were really making videos on the app. And then our community began to grow and more people began to do TikTok church and Bible studies. And uh, it just, it's been so awesome being able to be one of the, the people at, at the beginning of this thing, watching how our, the Christian church and the community of Christ has just grown and expanded across the globe. Um, it's been so humbling and so powerful just to hear testimonies every day um, in, in, in your DMs, just how people are being impacted by what the kingdom is doing in the darkest country of the world, the internet. Yeah, how the kingdom is really shining a light. Uh, oh, so it's been, been really cool. That's awesome. And, and like you said, you know, taking something that others use for, you know, frivolous things or I mean, my when I first downloaded, it, it was more out of curiosity. And I literally was going to delete it because my feed was just filled with things that I shouldn't be looking for. And, and um, the more I started, you know, filtering, you know, searching for hashtag Christian or hashtag Jesus, and then once it started knowing um, what I was looking for and the things that I liked, then it remembered. So it has a really good algorithm, if anyone wonders, as far as filtering really content. Does. But then once I saw like other TikTok creators that were Christians and spreading the gospel on there, like it really attracted me to, wow, this is, this is something that is engaging for all ages, but especially the youth. And yeah. it's something that um, we can make you know, the name of God glorified in something that, you know, otherwise would be used for dancing or, or whatever. Yeah, I so agree with that. That's awesome. So you may be most known for uh, Wait, Let Me Pray For You, right? So that's, <laughs> that's what people know sure. you for. So describe yeah. how you came up with this and why you feel it is uh, connected so well with people. Yeah. So, you know, as I was saying, the app, you, you have so many different types of, of videos that you see, you know, dancing videos, humorous videos, and that's a big part of my personality, just having fun, cutting up. Um, but back when, uh, here at the time that we're filming, it's 2020, and earlier this year, we had a big outbreak of a global pandemic called the, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, and during this time, we were all at home, just chilling out. Some of us are still at home, quarantined and everything. Here in Texas, we're open. Everything's opened up. We're just social distance with masks on. So it's a little crazy, all the yeah. differences. But um, uh, God kind of told me, say, Grayson, during this COVID time, I want you to get back to basics. And I really feel, Tim, that that's kind of what he was speaking to the church globally, um, just kind of stripping away the pomp and circumstance of a service and really getting focused on the word, worship, and prayer. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I love to worship. I love, I love the word. Um, so I kind of began to combine them a little bit, the word and prayer, and just pray for people on my platform. Uh, and for some reason, I, I just like on the app, you see people running up to the camera from far away. And those videos had always done really well. People like running really, really far away up to their camera. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to run a football field and get, get up to the camera and pray for somebody. Um, so I started doing that. 
uh, and I really got my, get my, my, my workout in for the day, yeah. but I began to just pray. <laughs> I began to breathe on it. Um, and prayer is something that can reach the world. It's not an American thing. It's not right. an Asian thing. It's not a European thing. It's a global thing. So it began to really stretch across continents, um, people being impacted just by authentic prayer, not, not trying to make my words sound all fancy or whatever, just reading a scripture and praying about it. Mm. Um, and God began to move through it. That's so good. And sometimes the simplest things are the most impactful. You know, whenever we try to um, dress up the gospel in, in all kinds of clothes or, you know, yeah. pomp and, and smoke and whatever you yeah. want to put on it, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as praying or worshiping and getting back to the word, like you said. So that's good. We so have to be careful with that, too, because there's there's so many people that that view Christianity as a cool kids club. Yeah. And you can't be a part of it if you don't look this way or talk this way. And my, that's that's not my gospel. You yeah. know, my gospel says, "Come as you are, not as we want you to be." Um, so that's I think so it's good. so important that we 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 show the vulnerable side of what we're doing, not just this polished, perfect side of trying to look like we want to look. I want to be authentic in what I post. I want to be real with what I say to people because I know for me, when I was in my mess and my brokenness, someone had to get on my level to pull me in with open arms. There you go. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. Let that sit for a second. <laughs> you know, get on, <laughs> don't, don't expect other people to come to your level, get on their level. That's so good. Come That'll on, preach. Amen. I think it's impressive that you can run a full football field and then pray for somebody while you're winded. <laughs> I think that alone. Is... I've slowly began to get closer and closer to the camera. So now some of my videos, I'm just sitting, but yeah, maybe I'll get my running shoes back on. <laughs> awesome. If you're like me, you take 20 takes on things. So then how many runs was that actually for you? <laughs> oh, dude, you don't want to see my drafts. It's a dark oh my place. Gosh. It's a dark place. That's so funny. <laughs> so speaking of prayer, I feel it's hard for people to ask for prayer or to actually pray. And some of that might be because they don't actually believe it works or they don't want to be vulnerable with somebody else um, or they don't know the words to say. Yeah. So what has been the importance of prayer in your life and why should someone choose an active prayer life? Man, prayer is is so important to God. You know, it's it's one of his 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 ways of connecting with us and the ways we connect with him. And I think if people get confused on how to pray, they get they get confused on what to say. I mean, just look at what Jesus said. He said, When you pray, this is how you should do it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our, our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's in Matthew and in Luke. You can go find it. If you want to know how to pray, that's how you pray. You honor the Lord. You thank him for what he's done for you, the provision he's given you. You thank him for uh, the forgiveness he's granted you in your repentance and turning for him and leaving your sin behind. He blesses you um, and, for, and forgive us our debts, God. Forgive us what we've done wrong um, as we have forgive those who have done us wrong and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. And then you give him the honor again. It, it starts with honor and ends with honor. Um, so if you want to know how to pray, that's a great place to start. But then just build upon that. I like to think of it as having a relationship with the Lord. If me and my fiance are going to have a relationship, we have to talk to each other. Yeah. So if you're not talking to God, I would argue you don't have a relationship with him. Wow, that's good. So just small. Talk to him like he's your friend because he is. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I feel in my life, too, when I've not had a good prayer life, it's really come down to do I believe do I believe in prayer? Ultimately, I'm going to I'm going to say it with my words because I'm a good Christian, but do I actually believe it because what I believe I'm going to do? And if mm-hmm. if I if I truly believe in prayer, I'm going to do it. And 
if I'm not praying, then it means that I don't believe it works and I have to check myself. And I've seen this too in, in the church where it's really hard to get people to ask for prayer. You know, we open it up and, and maybe one or two people come up out of one, 200 people, whatever, you know, how have you seen that in the church where people are hesitant to ask for prayer for different reasons, maybe because they feel vulnerable. They, they don't want people to say like, Oh, why are they going up front? You know, how do we overcome that, that feeling that, you know, we're being vulnerable and we shouldn't ask for prayer, that kind of stuff. I I think people struggle with the vulnerability aspect of things because they feel broken in their trust. Um, Maybe they've been vulnerable with somebody and that trust has been broken. So they already come into a place with apprehension. I mean, I can think of countless times where people who are in brokenness, who are in their pain, who are in their addictions, they they think, oh, I can't go to church yet. And I'm sure you've heard this, Tim. They say, oh, I can't go to church yet. I'm not ready for that. You're not ready for that. When will you be ready for that? Right. And I think we as the Christian church have, like I said earlier, we've, we've kind of built this, this idea of a church as a place for perfect people. Mm-hmm. And the world sees that as our identity. Like, oh, that's where all the, the perfect people go. No, man, if you go to Journey Church, our church, we are people that are tore up from the floor up, man. It's broken <laughs> people that are just working out this, this faith together. That we're, we're lost but found. And uh, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful testament that we're a, a hospital for people, for yeah. broken people. Um, so when people say, oh, I can't go to church, I'll get struck by lightning. I mean, they, they really feel that in their heart. I know it's a joke, but they feel that in their spirit. Like, man, I can't go in there. God's not ready for my mess. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to help un- get them to understand the flipped perspective that we do need to come as we are. You know, mm-hmm. we do need to come to God with what we have in our hand and trust that he can take it. And, you know, the Bible says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the Lord talking to us, our Savior talking to us. When you give that stuff to God, in vulnerability through prayer. My uncle likes to, uh, I know y'all can't see me, but he likes to make this picture of putting your hands in front of you, making a cup with your hands. He says, make a cup and lift it up. Mm-hmm. Put all that stuff in there and give it to the Lord because that he is a person you can trust with your pain. I mean, when you come in vulnerability, it really releases that burden because I know it's heavy for a lot of us, but he can handle it. That's so good. And I talk about in my book about the sin cycle. When we have discernment with our sin, you know, we feel in this place where it's hopeless and we feel that when we sin, we feel far away from God in the moment. And so we feel like we can't go back to him, um, which ends up going around the cycle again. We go back to the sin instead of going back to God, instead of running to God, like you said, with with everything we have, knowing that whether we sin or not, all of our righteousness is filthy rags. So whether we're, quote, good, a quote, good Christian or not, we should always run to God because his righteousness is what cleans us. His righteousness is what brings us to that state where we say more of you in my life and not me, not what I can do with it. I want to preach, Tim. Yeah, we're going to have two sermons right here coming out of this. (laughs) (laughs) So in my book, I also talk about discernment with social media. This is a big thing for Christians now. So what would you say to Christians who are on social media as far as what to post when to comment and when not to say anything at all. Man, I have really enjoyed um, learning this <laughs> the last uh, <laughs> couple years. Social media is a is a hype culture. Um, when people when people jump on something a trend, they love to love hard, but they also love to hate hard. 
Um, and we as people of faith, we have to carry that gift of discernment to know when to engage, when to respond, when to comment. With me on my platform, what I've learned, I, I, I love being a part of the trends and turning them around for good. I have a friend named Alex Wilson. He has a statement that he says, bring Christ back to culture. Mm. Um, and I feel as a digital missionary, it's important that you understand the culture and know how to bring the Lord into it. Uh, because we have a generation, a culture that is running away from biblical morals and truth. They're sprinting. Um, yeah. and we, as, we as people of faith, we can't watch them run. We have to go catch up to them and bring them back. Uh, so I think understanding how culture and creativity works, you have to know how to step into it and twist it and turn it to pull people in. Um, just like Titus says, make the gospel attractive. You have to understand what's attractive to your culture. Um, and it's, it's a, there's a wide range of it for many people across the world. Culture is different here in the States as it is in Asia. Uh, we know that, but you have to know how your culture works. So when to post, I would say uh, know what you're posting. Um, and think about the influence that it's going to have. Think about how people are going to receive it. I've definitely posted things before thinking, oh, this is a fun trend that may be creative, and it talks about the Lord. And then after I post it, I go back and watch, and I say, man, that, that probably didn't represent my faith very well in the best light. Um, so I think there's grace for that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when you have couple million people watching, you, you don't want to make too many of those mistakes because you don't want to be a reason that somebody stumbles. Yeah. Um, so really, really seek the Lord on discernment and have accountability. One thing I love, I'm in several group chats with other creators and pastors on the app, um, as well as young people that I kind of d- disciple and pour into behind the scenes. I don't talk a lot about that because I don't want that to be that's not my business to put out for people. I want to be a person behind the scenes for these young creators and influencers to be a big brother in their life, to help hold them accountable because social media, Tim, as you know, it's a very lonely place. Yeah. Um, we're kind of all on our little islands of influence. Uh, and I want to help be a bridge uh, for the next generation that's rising up for influencers. So we hold each other accountable. They'll send videos saying, what do you think about this? I, I love when I get a text message from a young influencer at one in the morning and it's a video of a TikTok they're waiting to post. I'm like, what do you think <laughs> about this, Grace? And what, am, am, is this right what I'm saying? I'm like, let's go, let's talk about it. That, yeah. that fires me up because you crave accountability. And if you are going to be a person of influence on social media, you have to have accountability. Whoever is listening to this right now, I'm talking to you. You have to have accountability. It is so important. Um, and when it goes into responding to stuff, that flows right over into that as well. Uh, seek, seek counsel on if you should respond to something. If I responded to every hate comment, yeah. to every uh, piece of drama on social media, man, I would be running myself dry. I'd be <laughs> brave. Uh, yeah. We don't always have to respond to that kind of stuff. So I think that'd be my answer for that. That's good. Pray before you post if you don't know. How many times have, have we typed an email or typed a comment and then had <laughs> conviction of the spirit and be like, all right, let's delete that. You know, it's, it. it doesn't edify. And yeah, you, like you said, you see the culture going one way. And so some, we have that urge to, you know, correct people, but social media, you can't have a relationship with people on social media hmm. just in the comments. And so Boom, that's it. Part of, part of our job is to love people through relationship. And when it's just truth written in words, yeah. You, it ends up being a bitter root that people can grab onto and end up getting turned off to Christianity, regardless yeah. if the words you're speaking are 100% true or not. That's yeah. not even the point. The point is that is it the right time and place? And do you have a relationship with that person that they're willing to listen to it? That's so good. That's so good. I, th- I think a lot of times in our correction, it gets coached with condemnation. Yeah. Um, 
and that's where it doesn't get received. But I think a lot of us do it in the name of biblical justice um, because we think that we're just these go-getters like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct everybody. And well, maybe you need to have a relationship so they can really receive that correction. Exactly. I mean, if someone comes up to you and says, you're doing this wrong. No, 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 no. Are you going to want to hear from them? No, I'm not going to want to hear from them. I'm yeah. going gonna to be shut off, put a wall up and not want to receive. But I, if I come at them, and this is, uh, we were talking in, in a previous episode about Robbie Zacharias, a great apologist in our faith, an amazing man of God. Um, anytime he spoke with somebody of an opposing belief or um, of a different specter of denomination, uh, he would let them speak their case. And then he would say, I understand what you're saying, but let me respond with this. Mm-hmm. It was such a gracious, humble approach yeah. to bring correction. Um, and I think we as people, need to really understand that a meek and gentle spirit can move a mighty mountain. That's so, so be good. humble. And the wise words of uh, the modern day prophet Kendrick Lamar, be <laughs> humble, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That should be a shirt right there. <laughs> All right. I'm really curious about this next question. So it's easy on social media to grow in order to honor God. Yeah. And more followers means that more will hear about Jesus. But how does someone stay humble? when their followers grow and ensure that God gets the glory? Mm. Well, I think God should get the glory uh, in everything that you post. I think you should be able to see, see that humble heart in someone's, in someone's uh, account. Um, anytime I go onto a live stream or I post something or I'm engaging with people, um, I try to be intentional about always pointing it back to God because mm-hmm. I know who handed me this platform and I, I know who can take it away. Yeah. Um, I didn't build this myself. He built it for me. Um, and I think there's so many people that we see, young people who are eager to have a platform, but they're not letting God build it. They're, wow. trying, to, they're trying to build their castle in the sand and that will get washed away very quickly. Let, let God hand you a shack and be faithful with your shack before he can give you a castle. Um, oh, wow. And that, that's kind of what, what I share with people. You know, God will hand you something, be faithful with what he hands you. And when you're faithful with it, He'll trust you with more. But humility goes such, such a long way. Uh, don't be afraid to humble yourself and listen to what somebody else has to say for a moment, to hear their story, hear their case. We want to be heard so much, but I, I know my Bible says, um, be slow to speak and quick to hear. So I would encourage anybody that's trying to build their platform, listen to your following, listen to the people, even if it's one person, yeah. listen to them. Because uh, that's that's really how God's going to give you discernment in hearing their heart um, to learn how to be faithful with where He's taking you. That's really good. And I fall into the trap too, where you know whether I'm growing a Facebook page or when I first got on Instagram, it's always a carrot on a stick. It's always like, well, if I just got to 500, if I just got to a thousand, if I just got to 10,000, I could do lives or, or yeah. you know links and stories or whatever it is. It's always a carrot, and sure. you end up not, like you said honoring God with what he's giving you and faithful in the small things will grow to bigger things. If you're faithful, if you just want it now without showing that you've put in the work or you've put in the prayer, then like you said, it it can go away as quickly as you got it. And you're ultimately just chasing a number. And I think, you know, pastors fall into this too, when they look at the size of their churches, instead of, you know, discipling who's actually there and, you know, chasing the number, this can apply to all types of situations when we just try to chase something that's ultimately not what God is calling us to do in that moment. And so being faithful where you're at, if you're, if you're, if you're discipling, you know, two, three kids at home, be faithful. If you're at a job, be faithful to that job, even if you hate the job, yeah. because we do everything we do as unto God. 
And so I think that's a great word for all of us to remember that Man. wherever you're at, you know, be faithful to God because he's always faithful to you. Yeah, that's so good. So true. All right, Grayson, last question for you. So as a youth pastor and social media influencer, you have a unique position to hear from today's youth. So what do you feel is one of the biggest issues facing the youth today? And also how can Christians play a role in helping solve it? Yeah, um, it's so uh, let, let's look at it from this perspective. I, I think one of the biggest issues is the church not being active in the youth's culture. Um, we have an entire generation of people that are living online. Um, it's where they do life. It's where they connect. It's where they have community. It's where they, they really just kind of build build their influence and build their community of people where they find friendship and relationship. And uh, it's, it's a very powerful thing. Um, and I think just in these last seven months, the global church has really realized, wow, social media is not just a place to promote a service, but a place to actually do ministry. And thankfully, you know, Tim, we, we've been doing this for a minute already. So we've already kind of been ahead of the curve of this new tidal wave of ministry of really knowing the, the power of social media and how you can connect with people and really build an amazing family um, to do life with. But I think as, as young people, as they are influenced by it, you see TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, it influences our culture in a mighty way. Like even with that song, Old Town Road, it blew up, but it started on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It started right there on this app that, that we call home, many of us. Yeah. Um, so it influences television, music, uh, fashion in such a mighty way. And if we don't realize, wow, our young people are being influenced by it, we need to take that back and really be an influence on it. I think we're doing a disservice if we don't. And I think we're really watching the enemy take control through the airwaves of the internet. But I'm going to believe that through the airwaves of the internet, the waves of the Holy Spirit are going to move and spark revival in the next generation. So I'm, I'm trying to be proactive in taking a step out there. And I know you are as well. Yeah. I know a lot of youth pastors go on things like TikTok just to keep an uh, eye on their their kids and what they're watching and how to be relevant, you know, and they end up getting, you know, caught up in a fact that, Hey, I can do, do more good on here than I thought. And so it's scary kind of what's yeah. on to though. I mean, yeah. you see, like, I, I wouldn't let my, I, I'm about to be a stepdad. I wouldn't let my, my six-year-old, um, scroll through TikTok. No, uh, but I see, I see people all ages just scrolling through that thing. And, and you got people showing all their goodness and mercy all up on that thing, throwing it back, <laughs> you know, I'll put it back where you found it. It's, it's, right. kinda, it's frightening what, what is allowed access on social media and how it's, yeah how it's just opening the doors. And, and the crazy thing, bro, is that we have a generation where the door is open for them. They didn't even have to open it themselves. Wow. And we, we live in a Burger King sexuality kind of world, have it your way you want. Um, and social media is playing, playing a huge factor. Into it. I didn't mean to cut you off. You, you, were, you were saying something. No, that's so good. And um, like you said, be curious on what the youth are, are into, what's motivating them. And it doesn't mean you have to be on every app or every trend, but it, it yeah. does mean you do need to be involved just like you know as parents we're involved with our kids what are they into put restrictions on if it's something that you know they shouldn't be watching or shouldn't be listening to but you know if it's not your kids just ask them you know what what's going on in their world you know um maybe they're looking for somebody to mentor them and they don't even know it maybe you just want to have coffee with them or maybe you just want to pray for them i mean there's lots of little things that we sometimes write off as inconsequential because we don't have a big platform or we don't have a big following. But I mean, one person, Jesus said, if you did to the least of these, you did it to me. And I just think that, you know, serving just starts with the simple things and whether that grows or not is up to God and that's okay. 
That's good. That's a good word. All right, sir. Well, that's all the time I have for you today, but it was a great talk. And um, just let everyone know uh, where they can find you and anything you have coming up. Yeah, you can uh, find me on pretty much any social platform, TikTok, Grayson.Bearden, Instagram at Grayson Bearden, uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Grayson Bearden. We are actually launching some new stuff, new content on YouTube, a podcast as well, some family vlogs um, and, and sermons and stuff that we're uploading. And uh, I have a, a new project coming out this August working on it with a great pastor in Seattle, Washington, Pastor Judah Smith. Uh, That's going to be released in the coming weeks. So y'all be looking out for it. Can't wait to share more about it. Thanks for having me on, man. This was so much fun, bro. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great time. So thank you and God bless you and your ministry. God bless you too. Well, that is the end of our episode today. Thank you for being here. Next week, I have another great episode for you. Pastor Jody Burkeen of Man Up God's Way is back. He was here for the launch, and we're going to have a longer conversation. He's going to talk to us about how to have discernment against Google theologians and Facebook prophets on social media. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, have a great week, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.